Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2021. My name is Amato, he, him, and with me are... Tori, they, them. Dom, she, her. <laughs> Dom, it's great to have you back on after so long. After yeah. so many, many episodes of slaving away in the back pits. <laughs> A mining podcast. The, uh, yeah. I was going to say laboring in the reaper mine. <laughs> yeah. Editing stuff. Pulling filters when... out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> you finally earned one episode of extra work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> one Wait could argue that having Dom on is retro in and of itself. That's mm. true. It's retro. It's throwback. It's retro, retro. Wait. Retro fanfic, retro, <laughs> it, retro. It's definitely retro, retro fanfic retrospective. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're making up with it by doing in a, a not as retro fanfic today. <laughs> That's true. Well, oh, true. you know, the fanfic is actually new. We're breaking the rules today just to get you back on. But at least the source material is super retro. I mean, like Duck, DuckTales came out in like 87. That's the year I was born. And it, yeah. it's great that we're going back and looking at it again because, you know, it was definitely in syndication throughout my whole childhood. I think I'm pretty familiar with DuckTales. <laughs> well, I got some uh, iffy news for you, Amato. What What's we're talking that? about is the 2017 DuckTales. But on the bright side, a lot of 2017 DuckTales does read like a fanfic of the 1987 DuckTales. So, <laughs> <laughs> Is this why Huey, Dewey, and Louie all seem so out of character? You mean actually have character? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought the author was just taking some real creative liberties there. <laughs> well, I, I, for one, I'm glad that we're doing the new DuckTales because I've been really happy about it. But um, there is a new season that I haven't had a chance to see yet because it's not in streaming places. But I think Dom has seen it. Yeah, I've been uh, keeping current, and I was watching the hour-long series finale that aired a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Nice. Where they, where <laughs> it was a last-ditch effort to pile in all the references that they couldn't get in <laughs> the rest of the series, <laughs> <laughs> including so um, good at that. <laughs> yeah, well, including like getting Keith David back to do an out of nowhere gargoyles reference which is perfect <laughs> wow yeah. yeah i feel like this is why this ducktales is such a good topic for us because it it is such a fan work there are so many callbacks and so many references to stuff mm-hmm. that was from the 80s and 90s so well they're so, also huge fans of the uh, original comics that the excuse me duck came from yeah, yeah, yeah i was gonna ask Carl barks and don rosa yeah a, a lot of the costumes like um a lot of the paintings in in the in the mansion are old like comic covers and the different costumes <laughs> and stuff like that. Well, Karl Barks did paintings of the duck characters, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, I don't remember like why paintings? or when. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> really, I gotta I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, you know what? My older kid has been reading uh, quite a bit of Karl Barks because they've been reprinted, you know, in just like Karl Barks only collections. Um, I, I forget what company's putting them out, whoever has the rights at the moment, but they're these nice big hardcovers and they've still got currency. Like they're still good reads. It seems like to six year olds of 2021. Sure. <laughs> sort of like Tintin, you know, it's like this adventure thing, but yeah. I don't know. 
also the characters are so iconic. And I'm looking at these paintings and there are definitely Karl Barks oil paintings of DuckTales <laughs> and it is, they're excellent. They're spectacular. <laughs> yeah, Karl Barks was kind of amazing in a lot of ways. And have have either of you two read any Don Rosa duck comics? No. Don Rosa is this just ridiculous Karl Barks fanboy who kind of became a Karl Barks successor in terms of writing duck comics, except that he's always doing these references to Karl Barks stories, and basically he's writing all this Karl Barks fan fiction, except I can't call it that because he was getting paid to do it. And um, it's just really, it's interesting seeing like this kind of iteration on the original Karl Barks stories where like he's trying to like make everything work into continuity and like work out how everything fits together and um sometimes it works and sometimes it's like you didn't really have to bother man <laughs> it sounds <laughs> like you, you'd enjoy the this new DuckTales series Amato I, I mean I've seen a little bit of it it's good yeah um I saw that episode where like Donald gets a voice that works it's all like <laughs> deep and <laughs> <laughs> action heroine it's great yeah and i watched the um the episode with with the the rescue rangers cameos yes good one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well are, how many bad episodes are there like how many episodes are you like i ah, just don't watch it now this series none they're yeah. all pretty yeah. spectacular I mean, like, like at the worst it's like yeah it's fun go ahead watch mm-hmm. sure <laughs> yeah that's a good yeah. low bar i mean yeah if that's your low point of a cartoon like this. Yeah, that's the low point. And the high points are when they're in the magical dreamscape, they dream up Fooey. And you get to see Fooey <laughs> in the new design, too. <laughs> oh, right. That's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also, I wanted to interject a side note. I was just looking up Karl Barks um, and a lot of other stuff. But Karl Barks from Oregon. Oh, like, I did not know he's that. He was born in a place called Merrill, Oregon, I've never heard of. And he died in Grants Pass. So he must be, oh. like, he's at least born here and died here, which indicates to me he was from Oregon. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, just for the Oregon fans out there. Ah, uh, yes, all <laughs> the Oregon fans. <laughs> Us and our I'm friends. I'm an Oregon fan. Yeah, like, I like living in Oregon. Well, in Portland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so talking about fan fiction... Uh, so, Dom, this was originally kind of schemed up as a birthday thing for you. How close are we actually yes. to your birthday? Um, I believe this comes out on the 10th, Monday. Uh-huh. And my birthday is May 15th. Oh, that's pretty close. Uh, I thought we had gotten thrown off course. But that's cool. No. Uh, originally, we played around with this being the cutting edge fanfiction deep cut April 1st episode. But the time frame didn't work out and it would have been too rushed and also i'm still not quite sure we're back at april fool's jokes okay in society wise in 2021 <laughs> that's <laughs> to fair. be fair cutting edge yeah. fanfic deep cut was never much of a april fool's joke so you know i mean we thought it was funny for a second <laughs> i thought it was a bit clever like only on the premise that someone might come into the that as their first episode and be like what's going on <laughs> yeah well, anyway, Dom, the the point I was getting at is that um, we just let you choose a fanfic, like a newish fanfic from late 2018. And I want to mm-hmm. ask you how you came across this and why you chose it to talk about. Well, 
I don't have the uh, you know fanfic mining expertise that Amato does, but I I googled fanfic wreck Ducktales 2017, <laughs> <laughs> got the TV tropes page, got down to the first tab in general fix, mm -hmm. and made about three down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fanfic uh, yes. we're reading today is called Huey Duck's Non-Comprehensive Ever-Growing List of Resources: Why Being a Triplet Is Awesome by Nebulous. Nebulous? Yeah. Nebulous Balance of Taste from Tumblr. And it's described on the TV Tropes fan rex page as just um, fun fluff. And it was like very short read. So it was like perfect. <laughs> Less than 5,000 words. Yeah. 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 Your process of finding that, Dom, is very similar to what I do a lot of the time. Except that <laughs> I open up, you know, 50 of those like rec links and find like one of them that was from like 2004. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, guess we're doing this one. Right. You know, doing a recent fanfic, it's got to be a, quite a bit easier to find something, I imagine. Because <laughs> well, I remember I the one time I had to look for fanfic was Digimon. And every time I found something, it was like, oh, that was too recent. Oh, that was too recent. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, even this wasn't recent enough for a kind of good fanfic deep cut, I think. Because it was That's made true. for a um, Christmas exchange for 2018, I think. Yeah, more than two years ago. Yeah. So uh, yes, the author me. says it was a secret Santa <laughs> yeah. gift for Hey That's a Deep on Tumblr who requested mm -hmm. Huey and Fluff. And I think this author mm -hmm. delivered. Oh, yeah, in spades. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about it a bit, I guess. This is, yes, again, a list of reasons why being a triplet is awesome. So structurally, it's a bunch of like little mini vignettes that are numbered. It's like, mm -hmm. and they each got a little title where like, for example, number one on this list, it says um, automatic tiebreaker. And then there's like a little scene expanding on that. So like, you know, all he yeah. wrote was automatic tiebreaker. But then there's a scene between the triplets. And let me see if I've got my ducks straight in 2017. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's hard, where... right? <laughs> Huey is basically all of them from the old series, like the Junior Chip Woodchuck one, who is kind of mm -hmm. like a serious, earnest, like good kid kind of thing. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Huey is very Junior Woodchuck, um, very like hyperactive, hyper-focused character. Voice by Danny Pudi. Uh, great performance. Uh, the all red right. one. Very, very, very by the book, almost to a fault. Wait, Huey's the red one? Yes. Huey's the red one. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Not that that's you important know, in the context of this fanfic. Okay. To be yes. fair, I did have a really hard time with this because their names are so similar. I kept forgetting yeah. what the color coding was and that I'd get confused because visually, you know, you watch the show and the color coding is your cue. Yeah. Written down, it's a bit hard. I, I remember Dewey because you have to just do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and also Dewey, Dewey is blue, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dewey is blue. Like dew, like water. Voice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's a, yeah. Yeah. Nice connection. Dewey, well, I remember Dewey is blue voiced by Ben Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. Louie is green. And I kind of remember that stands for Llewellyn, which is somehow the most like embarrassing full name <laughs> voiced by Bobby Monaghan. And all their performances in the show are great and they're awesome. <laughs> they are, yeah. And, 
Yeah. A few other characters show up, but honestly, very little. It's like Uncle Scrooge shows up for about one line, I mean, like three sentences, and, you know, then is out. Like, mm -hmm. Donald has kind of a scene. Like, Webby shows up towards, like, once in the middle and once towards the end, but it's, like, really focused on, like, the three of them interacting, yeah. which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And they made a good use of, like, this is really short, like we mentioned. Um, they still brought in those other characters. Uh, they just sort of, like, popped in and out, you know. Uh, actually, the scene with Uncle Scrooge was one of my, or not Uncle Scrooge, with uh, Donald was one of my favorites because he gets to, like, totally mm -hmm. smacked out a terrible teacher and i felt like this like personal yeah. vindication you know anyway i i like that scene too uh, i mean let's talk about it because i think we could just choose a few vignettes or something to talk about it's not at first i thought there was gonna be kind of like a plot progression escalation from one to the other and there really isn't no um so like we can just pick some i think we are talking about number two uh, dressing alike number two dressing alike and mm -hmm. yeah, Donald is called into the school because <laughs> their teacher's complaining because the three of them are dressed all in yellow identically and speaking <laughs> in unison like they used to in the old cartoon or, you know, mm -hmm. comics. And Which is really when, funny. <laughs> when Donald yeah. shows up and he's like, okay, what's going on? And I, by the way, I will never attempt to do the Donald voice. It's impossible. I don't please. get yes, it. Yes, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I get why it's an iconic voice. We actually don't need it anymore. They should have changed it in the 2017. I, I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll go out there and be on that limb they should have changed it to something you could actually listen to <sighs> anyways yeah. no i agree it's it's just <laughs> yeah that like yeah donald's forcing that voice all the time and it's like you're not sure what the point is besides brand recognition anyway i mean the point donald goes into school and is like okay okay kids what are you doing what's going on here mm -hmm. and they're staging a protest because their teacher kept mixing up their names and it's like weeks into school or like even even later, I, I forget exactly. Yeah, it's more than three weeks because they make a point of saying when the teacher says they're identical triplets, it's hard, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just basically being lazy. They're like, they recount, I forget who says it, but someone recounts the whole list of like, most teachers get it in, in, in three weeks. One week to learn everyone's names, another week to know who's who, and the last week to, you know, to do all the triplets. And some get it in two. And that's kind of their their big emphasis is like, yeah, no, we've been in school for what, like nine years uh, or not nine years. They're only like nine years old, but, you know, long enough. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's uh, where they were before Donald adopted them. They were just at school. <laughs> at school yeah. all the time. Like Louie even adds like we're color coded for crying out loud at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which made yeah. me realize in the universe of this, that's actually them being very considerate in terms of like mm -hmm. making it super easy for everybody else. Like they yeah. don't have to do that. But they do in the universe. Right. Seems like it could be a Donald holdover from childhood. It seems like something Donald would do when they're younger. And then right. kept doing it. Like <laughs> baby clothes. And so, yeah, that Smackdown you were talking about, Tori. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just so good. It's like well, tell Donald us just, it. he, so, the yeah, the teacher is basically saying what we just talked about, like, and, and the kids come in and say, oh, we're color-coded. And then, um, actually, the sweet thing that happens is the teacher's still being a little dismissive. But, like, Donald just kind of ignores her and turns to the kids and says, like, why didn't you tell me what was going on? <laughs> you know, I could have helped you with this. And then he turns to the teacher and he just, like, lets loose. He's like, uh, Huey likes reading, has a big vocabulary, and asks a lot of questions. 
Uh, Dewey is energetic and loves doing things with his hands. Louis is laid back and is good at math. And he says, and those are just the basics for keeping them straight. I can give you lists of ways to know who's who from their speech patterns to their postures, which you could easily figure out if you would actually pay any attention to your students. I was like, smack, <laughs> smack down. That was a bird. Yeah. And it's true. Like, I mean, if I had identical triplets in a class, I would know their names within three weeks, right? Like, come on, three weeks. I mean, yeah. I don't think I would, but I don't remember most singular people's names even when they aren't part of the set. <laughs> well, part of being a teacher is knowing your students' names. Like, you know, you, like, make active notes to remember. <laughs> it's really tough. I've got to say, with all the virtual substituting I've been doing as a substitute teacher, mm -hmm. um, it's not as much fun or interesting, and it's kind of a drag, but also every student is labeled with their name, and it's kind of amazing. Oh, like, I at know. all times. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that great? <laughs> It's like, I can refer to anybody by name at any time. No problem. Uh, but yeah, that seems great because it's like Donald showing that he has their backs on stuff like this. And then he also kind of chews them out back home being like, yeah, tell me about this stuff before it has to become like a whole shenanigan that I am pulled into. Mm -hmm. Right. But like, that's the right way to do it. You know, he doesn't like punish them. He just says like, you know, He's mad because they didn't tell him what was going on. And I feel like that is totally legit. It struck me reading this that a lot of these little vignettes are the kids being in trouble with someone or other for some reason or another, including sometimes with each other, but, you know, not always. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, that seemed fairly on point. Yeah. For an adventuring family. <laughs> right. I don't even remember why Scrooge was upset with one of them at one point. I don't think they said. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's more about, uh, I, no, I, you know, I have trouble keeping my triplets straight, but like one of them kind of shielding them from Scrooge mm -hmm. and like pretending that he hadn't seen him and that sort of thing. Something I liked about this format was like being able to do the uh, one, two setup payoff things. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. for the next few, it's like number three, someone to help break the rules. Huey decides that they're not going to do a standardized test. And then it goes to number four and then pull you back when you get out of hand. And it cuts to like Huey doing it. Like after having listened to Les Mis, making a barricade in the school, <laughs> calling for revolution, waving flags. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was a great scene too. That was yeah. a good one-two punch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do it a couple of other times, but it's a nice sort of thing where they can either do vignette or like two step stories. This has never really been the kind of story that I've read, but I'm thinking back to that first Avatar fanfic we read, the uh, Tempest in a Teacup. And, you know, we really liked that one too. And it's just, it, it strikes me whenever we do read something that's kind of like this, that's really vignette-y, how mm -hmm. much character work you can do when you're jettisoning any need for like an overarching plot. And like the authors can just do, I, I know Tempest in a Teacup did have one, but like, yeah. Those weren't the parts we really loved so much. It was like the vignettes no. that were character work, where it was just like kind of scene, 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 scene. And each scene was like really interesting. In fact, I, th I think that was the part I liked, not the overarching arc plot of the, at, the, at the end. That wasn't right. the part I liked. That, that's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It can be really effective, actually. Um, maybe I should seek out more stuff like this. I'm not even sure what this 
format is called. I'm looking at the tags because we're reading this off of AO3. The tags are fun too. <laughs> but there's not a tag for just like series of vignettes, <laughs> at least on this one. I think what you'd have to look for was where the fanfic was originally posted because like with the, um, what was that? The Lord of the Rings one, the diaries, yeah. very secret diaries. That was a, uh, was that Tumblr originally? I might've been. And now that you mentioned it, Tempest in a Teacup was also posted originally on some site like that as a series yeah. of little bits. It, and you're this right, is it a, uh, kind of a, yeah, this is a, a Tumblr fic written for a number, another Tumblr user. It fits within their uh, character limit, whatever. So they, they just posted this as a post. Yeah, so you I might think, be right. I think it might be yeah. alluding to the format of the medium, I guess. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, that, that's really interesting. I, I never really sat down and thought about that before, but these like different places where fanfic is published definitely shape things. Like, you know, in the old zine fanfics, you don't get a whole lot of serialized content. And then like in the mailing list fanfics, they were published as individual posts. So you get these like headers and introductions for each one. And, mm -hmm. you know, the fanfiction.net ones are always so conversational. It seems like that was the culture where, like, at yeah. the end of it, they're checking with their readers and then there were comments in between. And at the start of it, they, like, might respond to some of those comments. Not always, but, like, it's common. And Tumblr yeah, seems think, to have its own thing going. I think there might be something where between, like, the type of medium, whether it's, like, a, a movie or a TV show or web short, where it's, like, uh, length of the media, like assumed attention span, and then trying to work within those boundaries. And there's something interesting about this one where it's Tumblr, which is quick bites, attention span, but maybe beat and beat, beat and again. And again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it does do that for him well, but it makes me think about, you know, why do people do these things? Like probably, yeah, as a Tumblr post, but it mirrors like a mini comic or a short film. Like it's like a, yeah. these series of, they could be standalone almost. Like this is published together, but standalone little teasers and little bits of information about the character. And that works well for something in a serial form. So I almost imagine this being published, yeah, like post by post in a serial form. As we're musing about this kind of thing, I just realized I never even tried to get into contact with this author, which is really dropping the ball on this one because uh, they're probably pretty contactable, this being a new fanfic. <laughs> uh, so Nebulous Bounds of Bad Taste. Surprise, we're talking about your 2018 fanfic on a classic fanfic podcast. Sorry. Yeah, it turns, it turns out they're pretty easy to find. Just nebulousboundsofbadtaste.tumblr.com <laughs> right there. I, I mean, uh, for, for our next... <laughs> for the fanfic that's coming up, I tracked down this author who published his stuff in 97 based on, like, you know, a series of you know, shared internet handles, like shifting into a new internet handle and stuff. And I just didn't even bother this time because I'm uh, inconsistent. Yeah. Musical. Well, it's a different scenario. You know, you're more used to getting in touch with people who write old fan fiction. Like, you don't know. People who write new fan fiction, what are they I'm like? frightened of them. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're terrified. I'm looking at their Tumblr and they retweeted a... a a meme from the movie Clue. So I think they're pretty cool. <laughs> well, this fanfic was pretty cool. Yeah. And liking DuckTales is pretty cool. So. Yeah. Speaking of liking DuckTales, any other vignettes we want to talk about specifically as vignettes? Mm -hmm. I talked about the Les Mis reference. Mm -hmm. um, 
another reason why like I kind of chose this because because I read it before putting it out as a potential one to read because I tend to drift towards fluffy <laughs> uh fluffy fanfics like I think I retweeted something on my Tumblr uh, on my Twitter recently which is just like showing support for fluffy AU fanfic where nobody dies <laughs> <laughs> and like what, this not is anybody well like maybe not like maybe one or two of them saved or something or maybe the, the, those two characters get a chance to talk about the relationship you know <laughs> don't you think this would have been improved if like you know Dewey had died or something well there could have been like a angst angle because this was put out before the episode whatever happened to Della Duck Mm-hmm. oh yeah that's Which, true so that the angst of this first was it season and a half or something is like their mother is missing and just no information and scrooge might know something but they don't know what and there is one of the vignettes kind of addressing that um specifically that uh one of them had information and wasn't sharing it who mm-hmm. who is this yeah, this is the episode that takes place right after the first um, Dismal Downs episode, which is looking at the Wikipedia 19 season one, The Secrets of Castle McDuck, where they talk about the uh, other plot lines that have been having before bet- that have uh, Dewey and Webby um, revealing secrets about the fact that Scrooge knows a little bit more than what they've been telling the family about what happened to Della Duck. And at the end of that, and and Dewey and Webby haven't been telling Huey and Louie, and that comes to a head at the end of a, uh, at the end of the Secrets of Castle McDuck episode. And this is written after that episode, kind of talking about. I mean, it's just a little vignette about like, yeah, they're they're pissed at each other, but they still love each other because they because they're family. <laughs> it's a that's that's definitely like <laughs> the main point I feel like of this this fanfic is just kind of showing that like these three have each other's backs mostly. Yeah. Um, at least for all major things. And I mean, yeah, yeah that's it, in the title, right? That being a triplet yeah. is supposed to be awesome. And so like, these are written from Huey's point of view and well, if I just read from it, um, Huey was conflicted. He was definitely still angry, but at the same time, looking at Dewey holding back tears, brotherly, brotherly instincts were going haywire. On the one hand, Dewey deserved it. On the other hand, Huey hated seeing him cry. Louis, meanwhile, got up out of his chair and pointedly sat next to Dewey on the bed, leaning his head on Dewey's shoulder. Dewey leaned, leaned into him. Still mad at you, Louis said. I know, Dewey replied. With that, Huey's brother's brotherly instincts worn out. He was angry, he was hurt, but Dewey was hurting too. Huey finally walked over and sat down on the other side of Dewey, putting his arm around him. What Louis said, Huey said gently. Dewey nodded, but still offered him a watery smile. They were going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. And the, the title <laughs> of this vignette is, um, yeah. no matter how mad you get, you know you're always going to be okay. Which, yeah, it's super sweet. But, like, yeah. that, isn't that the sort of sibling relationship you want to see? Like, I appreciate it. Yeah. The, well, um, the fanfic wreck page says, um, uh, many of the wrecks on this page our brother moment fixed between the triplets and this fic decides to go whole hog and string as many different types of them together as the author could think of pulling mm-hmm. on their own experiences of having siblings. As a result, it's a very heartwarming read with an especially sweet ending. Yeah. I want to talk about the endings. I mean, I was even more touched by that one. There's an <laughs> yeah. epilogue 
And I guess the idea is that these these entries on a list, like that everyone else has read this list also. That, you know, they know that Huey has a, a list going of reasons why being a triplet is awesome. Yeah, in this fanfic, it's a um, like yearly Christmas thing he gives to his brothers, I think. That's oh, what okay. it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he revises it every year. That's why it's non-comprehensive, ever-growing list of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> and so in the epilogue, Webby opens a Christmas present from Huey, and it's a piece of laminated paper with like a little border, and it's Huey Duck's non-comprehensive, ever-growing list of reasons why having a sister is awesome. Aww. Aww, yeah. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it would be very possible to like write, and probably tempting, to write like these three's relationship is like a kind of a closed unit where it's like, look, they've got a special bond that no one else can match, like the three of them. But mm-hmm. instead it's like, oh, it's a circle of love and they're opening that love to like a new family member and it's amazing. It's a little bit of prophetic too, considering what happens in the last episode of the series. I was wondering if this was going off of like, was she adopted by Dot? What just happened here that like she's being considered a sister? But... Like, I, feel like I guess that's... something happens. <laughs> like in here, in, at this point of the series, it's just like the found family thing. They're, they're all yeah. together. They're they're getting along, and I think that's what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of extra legitimized by the ending. I think there is an episode where like Webby has insecurities about not being an actual member of their family, and they kind of come yeah. together and do something similar and say, "No, you, you know, you are." Um, cause she's never had very many friends, which is especially why this is sweet. And another cool thing is that kind of breaks the form a little by book ending it. It does, um, epilogue and then it goes number one, cause now it's Webby's list, free hugs. <laughs> and then it just has a little line like, Webby, you're choking me. And she says, deal with it. And then it's number two, even if they're too tight sometimes. And then that's just the last <laughs> line. And I yeah. love that. It's like, you know, it's not as long a list yet. And it breaks the form by having the list number without a description after. But you know that they're talking about the previous thing, which is also something they do throughout is they kind of build a little bit on each other. Like they have the Halloween vignette. And then later they where they mention that Huey's obsessed with candy. And then later mm-hmm. they have one about um, I don't know, holding you back from things you shouldn't do when they try to keep the candy from because he's obsessed. So mm-hmm. um it does a really good job narratively of like building, even though it's vignettes that can be taken independently. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a good flow that does not have to be a like narrative flow, I would say. It's got it's got a nice rhythm, you can dance to it. <laughs> <laughs> I notice, speaking of the like sister list at the end, that according to AO3. This is categorized as being part one of the Huey Ducks non-comprehensive ever-growing list of lists series. Mm-hmm. But it's the only one. Yeah, I think it might be that uh, fan fiction thing where you're over-enthused and have an exciting idea. <laughs> but oh. you don't quite get, get to it. But you're just like, you're excited about the idea and you want to do it. And it just... <laughs> right. So Huey Ducks non-comprehensive ever-growing list of lists episode. It's like a one episode one part one what legends are made of yeah (laughs) where it all began right (laughs) i mean yeah so like anyway that just indicates the author definitely thought like i might write more like this like in this kind of format it'd be nice if it was a series but honestly it's um mission complete you know they they did what they set out to do 
And I feel like it might be harder to do this as well, to have it read as well, be with another theme. Because with mm -hmm. three characters, you've got all these combinations you can have between two of them or focus on one of them mm -hmm. with the other two of them or all three of them mm -hmm. dealing with someone outside of them. And like if there was, for example, a list centered on Webby, it would always be centered on Webby. And there wouldn't be quite the same amount, I feel like, of, I don't know, variety you could work into the format. That's interesting because it does feel like a variety even though all these vignettes are from Huey's point of view. So technically yeah. they all involve yeah. Huey at, at some point. Yeah, but they're not all centered on Huey. No. It's an interesting point. Yeah. 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 Like, I don't know. I feel like they each have kind of equal screen time, which even though um, I guess you wouldn't expect that, but they do a good job with that. Mm -hmm. No Fooey, though. No. Well, they did not accidentally mm -hmm. start writing about a fourth, you know, triplet before they were like, oh, whoops. <laughs> I, I think the yellow clothes was uh, not enough, though. Yeah, th you're right. That was definitely a fooey nod, that they're all dressed yeah. in yellow in that school scene. <laughs> it's the fun thing. But, like, I have, like, a surface-level knowledge of, like, of like uh, DuckTales lore. But, like, mm -hmm. even that is enough to, like, be ahead of a couple of uh, of plot twists that, that drop <laughs> <laughs> in, like, the show proper. Right. Like the actual show. Yeah. Like the 1987 show. No. <laughs> you predicted Bubba Duck is what you're saying. No. <laughs> uh... You know, I have like such strong memories of the first half of the DuckTales movie. And mm -hmm. recently I went back and read a review of the DuckTales movie, like a, you know, thorough actual one. And mm -hmm. they described how the animation quality just descends downhill over the course of the movie <laughs> until like by the end you're like you're basically watching a DuckTales episode. Um, and I'm not sure I noticed that as a kid, but I definitely noticed that I was less engaged with the second half of that movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy not going back and revisiting any of that stuff. I'm, I think it's okay just living as a memory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's not a debate that this, the new series is just way better. So, you know, it's probably fine. And if you want to go back to the source, you can go read some comics. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because like they they remember this new series definitely remembers the old series and calls back to it as much as it can. Like mm -hmm. launch, like you see a, a shot of Launchpad's driver's license for a second, and his birth date is the release of the original series. So it's like something something nineteen eighty seven. That's nice. hilarious. And it's also like just yeah. the right age. It's like yeah, he's like thirty something or whatever. My age. Yeah. Yeah. My age. Right. That's how <laughs> yeah. Launchpad is. L loves Darkwing Ducks. <laughs> exactly right yeah yeah i mean i think that and, is probably for you know the audience that's around our age right yeah and like whenever I, they need a random number too it's always like well they have like a random security system in one episode and it's dt87 <laughs> apropos of nothing you did mention gargoyles and a gargoyle voice being pulled back into the show mm -hmm. how many years away do you think we are from a gargoyles reboot oh my god don't 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 get my hopes up, Amato. Don't do this. Look, I, I think this is a betting pool thing. Like, it's not going to not happen. I don't the know. It's just how many years. You've got kind of a challenge with Gargoyles, though, because it was so well-received and still so popular. Like, with DuckTales, you can say, oh, we're updating this for the times. With Gargoyles, Because it actually like, wasn't that good. Right. It was more geared towards the younger audience. It was very, like, Disney at that time. Um... 
Disney's evolved a lot. Gargoyles. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if it will happen. That's what I'm trying to say. You'd have a lot to yeah, live up to. They would have to like, uh, give it to a showrunner that would, that would give it like a different feeling. I think, I don't know what, what that would be though. Mm-hmm. Besides like, I think Gargoyles hit the tone that it's supposed to be for what it is. Yeah. I think we're more in danger of having like a terrible live action movie based on Gargoyles. Oh, a CW show. <laughs> yeah, <God. laughs> I would prefer a CW show to a like Disney live action reboot for the sake of like mo- as a movie. Have you seen at least screen- you know the CW is going to be taking it in a different direction with more sex. But have you yeah. seen, no. s- seen the screenshots <laughs> of the Powerpuffs live action remake that's coming out? No, what? is that that's the thing that's happening? I'm just going to drop that and walk away. <laughs> yeah, <that> sounds... <laughs> um, I'm not sure how oh, you do a live dear. action Powerpuff Girls, but okay. I was going to say, yeah, what are they? <laughs> Just kids? So they just cast some kids to. Well, they're growing up now, I think. Oh no! Oh dear! <laughs> Do they have fingers? Well, they're <laughs> portrayed by human actors, so. With fingers. <laughs> <laughs> that to is the sort of consistency I am looking for. It's whether or I'm not sorry, the just... characters have fingers now. I'm just a model being on the on the press junket. It's just like, and how many fingers? And how many fingers do these actors have? How many fingers are they holding up? Tell me more about their fingers. That's what we really want to know, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, we we should probably close out the fanfic. Mm-hmm. So, what do we have to complain about in this fanfic? Uh-huh, da, 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 inventing something to complain about. Yeah, I, I feel uh, like this is always the problem I have with this sort of short fanfic where, like, it's so clearly what the author is trying to do that they just did it and they left. And, like, yeah. that's... So it's really hard to find anything. It's like, no, you accomplished what you were doing. And it, like, you, if I, you did it well. If I have yeah. to say something, I think I'm kind of inventing things here. <laughs> like... Mm. It's a fluff fanfic. If that's not what you're going for, then you're not going to like any part of this. This is all fluff. And in that way, that's fluff. They, Some characters are not as in tone with this series, if that's something that, that bugs you. They're in tone with the fic, which is, again, to reiterate a fluff fic. So <laughs> that some of the personalities are changed in that. Or, or you, you know, I, I'd argue that, like, these are just moments cut down from a big, from, like, the bigger portrait of a character because like you have the rest of the characters and the flaws in the rest of the show and this is just focusing on that on the positive aspects of one Hmm. does does that count (laughs) yeah i i see what you're going for it's like there's there's a whole lot of fanfic writers and readers who like to torture their characters because that's emotionally interesting and that's not what this author is doing Mm. like so if if you need that for it to be like interesting as a character, that's not what you're finding here. I, so I, mm-hmm. I I feel like that is something to be said. Yeah, I mean, you could also say that they don't really do anything new with the characters. They just mm-hmm. kind of go with their roles in the show and elaborate on them and expand on them. But I don't necessarily see that as a flaw either, because that's what they were going for, and they. They do some callbacks to the show, you know, 
I guess I would want to see like the one where Huey has a nightmare. Um, it's mostly just him reflecting on events of the show that like made him scared. But I almost would want to see a little more of like what that emotion was. But then maybe that wouldn't mm-hmm. be what this fanfic was doing. So, uh, sorry, I'm reaching too. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I thought the candy joke kind of fell flat. That that's all I've got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually really like the part when he's like, I. Uh, it's like he needed the sugary sweetness. He needed it. He needed it. He needed it. It was. Yeah. It made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Because okay. I I know kids like that. Anyway, we tried uh, to complain about it, but I, I think ultimately we're going to end on praise yeah. because it's, we it's, praised it's like, it. Again, we liked it. Right. The characters not changing or evolving would be a complaint for a 50,000 word fanfic, but it's a 5,000 mm-hmm. word fanfic. Mm-hmm. It's like, Correct. it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It works well. So, so <laughs> what do we have that we want to praise or that we particularly liked about the fanfic then? I'm just wondering, it's like, would you consider this a transformative fanfic, like as short as it is, and considering how different tonally it is from the show? Well, look, there's all different kinds of transformative, right? And Mm -hmm. so in the sense of really like taking it and changing it, no, like you would call it more of an expansion, right? Mm. But Mm -hmm. like, I still consider it, a little while back, we did Rosie's Wind Waker novelization. And that, that's not even trying to tell a new story, right? I mean, mm-hmm. some things happen in it that didn't happen in the game because his, that has to happen because it's a novelization. But, like, you know, in a sense, that's even closer to the original than this is, because at least this is, like, things that did not happen in DuckTales. Yeah. And, and it's still transformative because you're still, like, doing... You're still taking the original and pushing it somewhere where the original is not one way or another mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> thank you i enjoyed getting an answer to that question <laughs> yeah yeah i was curious about that too but i mean it's also just format wise different it's much shorter peaks into their lives yeah but it is just always interesting seeing things that are so in tone with the original because so often that's not what people are trying to do with their transformative works Mm -hmm. i guess for praise for me it's like there's kind of the fluffier things like the the slighter stories and the like ones that kind of have a little bit more emotional weight to them right and there's not Mm -hmm. that many of the latter like i feel like the donald scene has that emotional weight because it's like oh they're bond with donald and yeah, the, the confrontation over, like, the Delia information um, and then, like, the Webby scene at the end kind of have, like, more emotional weight. And I think what I want to praise is that, like, those times when the author is trying to give you a feel, I think it's very well done and that feel is conveyed. And, like, those are when, like, a week after I've read this fanfic, those are the ones that are going to stick with me. And I think that was intentional and, like, well-constructed. You can't maintain that same emotional intensity throughout the whole fanfic. So I just think it was, it was well executed, those moments. Yeah. And in general, you know, the pacing is pretty good. Like I said, it builds on itself, you know, the callbacks to the previous thing about candy or, you know, just building up this narrative, even though they're separate vignettes. 
And it does a good job of like bringing in things from the series. Like there's a point where they're suspicious of Daisy or I guess I don't remember who's suspicious. Maybe it's Huey who is suspicious of Daisy. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And everyone has to talk him down. And then there's a point where Scrooge only pops in for a second, but he's there, you know. So there's a reference to we said the thing with Della, like the the scene that happened when um, Huey was withholding information. So it grounds you in the the world like in the the actual events of the show super well despite its shortness and i think that's yeah. pretty cool i also just wanted to uh call out to the line like the thing about the lay Miz one really stood out to me because um i just love that vignette uh it's like <laughs> they that huey plays it's either huey or louie who plays a a playlist for or sorry it's either it's Dewey a- or Louis. oh my god brain broken it's either yeah dewey has a playlist which he played for huey in order to pump him up and part of that includes broadway ballads (laughs) right and then louis chastises him because he's like you know how he reacts to those things and then the very last line you know he's rallying the whole classroom and they're barricading (laughs) the door and it says huey huey no we are not building a barricade and i just thought that was hilarious and just a quick note on that uh on that particular vignette. Also the fact that it was a fanfic gave them room to talk about like copy copyrighted stuff and how like they're not allowed to watch Braveheart. <laughs> oh right. Yeah. And they talk about how um you played Les Miz, Louis shouted. Don't you hate what's his name? On principle, Andrew Lloyd Webfeet may be an overrated quack. Like he he's an overrated quack who knows how to write a rousing anthem. It's like this is this is musical theater geeks talking to each other. <laughs> also, Andrew Lloyd oh, yeah, Webfeet. That's so good. Yeah, that's a good name. Mwah. It's good. <laughs> I also appreciated the um, Great Mouse Detective call out where this random bully's last name is Radigan. All oh, right. I missed that. That's good. Yeah, for a second, I oh. thought we were stepping into some crossover territory. <laughs> yeah, for just a moment. Young Radigan is the bully. It doesn't matter, but... I'd watch that show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Vincent Price. <laughs> I I think for, for uh, like, my praise, a lot of things I've said already, but I guess what I enjoy about it is that it's fluff without going over the edge to saccharin. You know? Yeah. yeah, that seems fair. And otherwise, it's mostly things we've said before, like the format with the vignettes and how the vignettes chained together and the super sweet note at the end and like it's i think you can kind of feel the author drawing from from her own uh her own experiences and the end notes that talks talks about um honestly keeping it fluffy was a challenge for me because normally i am queen of angst but i do love me some sibling (laughs) stuff i grew up with five siblings so i have experience uh yeah yeah i think you can really feel that that note because a lot a lot of times in media, people write siblings as, and it seems weird and kind of stilted. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or they write them as like overly antagonistic to each other. Like it seems very surface level. Yeah. There's so much. In that, a surface level is, way. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, you know, there's so much about us. I, I know people have different relationships with their siblings, but my brother and I were like my sibling and I were super close growing up. So I don't know. It makes me feel that, you know, that times that we fought, and then made up, you know, those were, uh, that was just life, 
your sibling is mm-hmm. that person who's so close to you a lot of the time, especially if you're close in age. And I think with these three being triplets, it yeah, it absolutely makes sense. All right. I think that closes out our discussion of this. We spent more than 5,000 words probably talking about it, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> talking about this is longer than it took to read it. It's like a if you're quick, like under 20, 30 minute read, easy. Yeah, so you yeah, probably should definitely. have just turned off the podcast and gone and read it and not even listened to us. That's how we get you. <laughs> That's my recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> Stop listening to us and just read the fanfics. Wait a second. <laughs> Motto. What are you trying to do to us? We should probably let, start letting people know ahead of time what we're reading in case we can get some discussions going on in the Discord. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why, don't, why don't we talk about that, Amato? <laughs> that would actually be a good idea. Yeah, we've got yeah. a Discord server set up. It seems like the old link was not working, so we'll repost it on Twitter. But you can also find it in the show notes. I am... Like, there's, there's a lot of rooms there, and we'll see who get any inhabitants. But at the very least, I'm definitely up to hear people's fanfic recommendations, fanfic comments, fanfic suggestions, like all the fanfic goodness <laughs> is where I'm going to be checking in on occasionally. I say occasionally mm-hmm. because I do have two small children, and um, that's my excuse for everything. <laughs> yeah, and we have the link. Are we going to post the link for the Discord server in this episode description again so people have yeah. it? Or we'll be posting it from now on in the episode descriptions. Oh, great. Awesome. So, yeah, follow that link, join the server, uh, dwell or inhabit said rooms. I like that <laughs> idea that, like, Abato said inhabit. I was like, as if they are living there. Like, just move in. <laughs> take up permanent residence in our I mean, that's the server. idea right yeah and and yeah i may as well uh start letting people know at least on discord what we're intending to read ahead of time and we oh, can see fine. we can see if we can get any kind of larger book club stuff going it's a little variable when i when i've decided when we're doing things but i know what's up next time i think we can, it's likely we can give a two-week notice probably yeah that, that's very yeah. likely and it's just always been a thing because it's like, I, I've never wanted to say it on the episode. I'm not never. I used to do that. But it's like mm-hmm. the episodes come out so much later than we record them. And so there's, you know, we would already have recorded the episode about that fanfic by the time anybody heard that we're going to be reading that fanfic. So the Discord might be a good solution is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time, you can check us out there or... You know, there's, I'm going to drop a lot of other contact links on you in just a moment. But let me officially say that this was episode 113 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective. Here, not retro, not retrospective, just, just <laughs> fanfic. Mm-hmm. Huey Duck's non-comprehensive, ever-growing list of reasons why being a triplet is awesome by Nebulous Bounds of Bad Taste. You can find it on Archive of Our Own, and we'll be providing a link there, of course, in the show notes. The intro song is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. You can find this album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. Our editor is Dom Davis, who always has her work cut out for her. Mm-hmm. Can I just say something? Yes. After, like, editing, because we've been doing that for about, like, ten episodes or so, you always sound so disinterested when you come to that. You, you should, like... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it should be like, yeah, oh, this, is, yeah. this is done done by my friend Dom, you know? that She's awesome. <laughs> she's great. We all we all know her. I... <laughs> I'm just sad that you're not there anymore. Well, I, I'm the usually there listening on the Discord call. That's also true. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't think you had to go full name the whole time, but just okay. like you know, what? you know, our, you know, Dom, she's cool. <laughs> she edits. That's how neat is that? Our editor is Dom. <laughs> yeah, sounds and good. <laughs> maybe when, maybe when I start doing more stuff, I'll give you like links to promote. Also, I keep on threatening to uh to Twitch stream. I've got the equipment figured out. I just need to get the format format and gumption to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I'm tell you I, I get my gumption. Okay, where's that? <laughs> no, I didn't have a follow-up. I was <laughs> actually if you're interested in following, it's it's jamdom at twitch.tv. Uh follow me on Twitter at Dom G Davis. Well maybe I should provide those links each time. Um so I have something <laughs> to rise my voice towards when I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It might also make me might also incentivize me to actually do more social media stuff because like I don't know if y'all notice, but I'm like two bad days away from being just full on hermit. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least you have that Relatable. two day backlog. It's not sure. just one day. <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, yeah, for, so for us, you can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. And I kind of nuked the tags a while ago and have not gotten around to um, fixing up what I can. So I think they're kind of half untagged. But that's oh, the where tags all the are dead. Are. Tags that? are dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tags are so multiple years ago. <laughs> they might work up to episode 60 or something. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe. No Poor tags. Rest in peace. The problem yeah, was our you... tags got too diverse to be categorized properly i think we ran out of tags we could create that was the issue yes but then i kind of destroyed all the old tags but then i thought i could add more new tags than i could but they like way reduced the limit on tags or something (laughs) and so i kind of had to pivot and Mm -hmm. then i started doing some of the episodes and resetting the tags and then i just stopped so yeah (laughs) look you can you can probably find it if you're looking for a specific uh, you know, episode because they are numbered and labeled. Mm-hmm. If you have questions, comments, <laughs> or thoughts about the episode or anything else about the show or our rambling, you can contact us on Twitter at RetroFanfic, Facebook at RetroFanfic. Uh, we've got our old episode images up on, uh, is that Instagram? Instagram at RetroFanfic. Yes. And you can send us an email at RetroFanficRetrospective at gmail.com. And again, you can also find us and tell us things on Discord um, at the link below. Yes, and suggestions for the Discord would be happily accepted. I'm apparently I'm the closest thing to the community manager for this project, which is a terrifying thought for everybody involved. So (laughs) (laughs) your kindness and patience are appreciated. You only have to freak out about that once we have a community. Don't worry. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) No, we, we got a few wonderful people who have dropped in. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm Amato. <laughs> I'm Tori. I'm Dom. <laughs> We're just three Earth life forms you can tell apart because we are wearing color-coded outfits. Until next time, <laughs> take care. Amato, I also have some notes about how you talk about me. I feel like you should also, anytime you mention my name, say I am awesome. Tori is awesome mm-hmm. and they're my friend. Yeah. You know, just you, you just gotta be a little bit nicer to people. That's all I'm saying. I mean, just real. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, you're already like looking at all these fanfics, organizing all the stuff, writing all, all the descriptions. I mean, how much more does it really add to your full, full plate? <laughs> <laughs> to lavish us with praise. Yes, I mean, come on, don't be rude, Amato. <laughs> uh, let's compromise and just get an extra person in the channel who every time they hear one of your names cheers, and every time we mention Heyman, they boo. That's a, that's a Purim reference. I think a bot could do that. We just need to hire a hype person. <laughs> yeah. <maybe. laughs>